Good morning. It's good to be here today. Last Sunday, I looked at all your bald heads from the, from the TV. You look better this way. Of course, I don't have any reason to talk. My wife always reminds me of my bald head. And she does it lovingly, though, of course. And uh, so we'll... But I'm glad to see you. Glad you're here. I want you to turn your Bibles with me, if you would, this morning to the first chapter of Hebrews. going to look at the first four verses this morning. As we look at 2023, I don't know about you, but I always take the first couple months trying to remember to put the right year down. Uh, I'm always a year behind, it seems, and uh, this year I don't expect, suspect will be any different. But I want us to look today, as we think about 2023, uh, I want us to look at December the 31st, 2023. I, I want you to look at your life, and I've been looking at mine, and I want you to begin to ask some questions. Uh, my prayer for each and every one of us is that we will take all that our, our pastors will share with us these next several weeks and apply it to our lives in, in such a way that anyone that knows us will talk about the revolutionary changes that they see in our Christian walk. Not only that, but included in that prayer is the desire that each of us will have deeper conversations this year with our Lord on a daily, daily basis. More than any time in the past, because we hear him speaking to us in a new and unique way, That means, I think, that we need to know when, where, and how he speaks to us. Out of the many competing voices in our world today that bombard us every single hour, that his will be the distinct voice above all the rest. I think this is going to be the year. This is the time that God is going to do something spectacular in our midst. I can't tell you why I feel that. It's just that God seems to be saying something is going to happen. He wants to do something in a very special way in the midst of your life and my life this year. Our pastors have done a great job, our staff, in beginning to look at this year and making some plans of what they would like to see, what they believe Christ wants to happen in each and every one of our lives and the life of our church. And now is the time more than any other time for us to listen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know the exact steps, but God does. I don't know how it's going to come about, but I know that if we are willing to listen, and surrender that God has something for Wall Highway like never before. And this is the time. 
This is the time. Let's look at Hebrews. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, the God the Father, and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he made purifications of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. Let me ask you, how does God speak to you? Now, I know we get all kinds of fuzzy thoughts in our mind, and we begin to think of all kinds of things of of people, of somebody in our minds telling us what to do and to do this and do that, and we think of crazy people who go off and do crazy things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that unmistakable voice inside of us that is different in each and every one of us that God uses to communicate to us his will and what he wants. How often a day do you hear that? Do you experience that? Now Hebrews tells us here that, that, that God is doing something different than he's ever done. And we are on the precipice of some, some crazy things, I think, in our world today. And God needs us to stand up and be ready and be counted. Now, what does it say? The writer begins the letter by stating how God's spoken with mankind in the past. Now, we started this year uh, reading through the Old Testament. And I'm sure you've been through where we're past the Tower of Babel. Where are we? Somewhere up in that area. Uh, Abraham and uh, God's call on his life. But I began to muse and to think about what it must have really been like in the Garden of Eden. Third chapter of Genesis tells us that God was walking in the cool of the day. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine. I wish I could. I look forward to that time when I will be able to walk side by side with the person of the Holy Father. To be able to feel his presence in such a way that I can look and see him, which I cannot do now except in and through other things and his manifestations, but to be able to walk and hear him say, here's what we're going to do today. I have this planned. Let's take care of this. Let's do that. And here's how we're going to do it. What do you think? But to listen and hear him in that way as Adam and Eve surely must have in those days. We don't know how many years it was while they were walking with God there in the garden before he expelled them after their sin. Could have been many, many, many years, a long time. But we know that it was a very intimate relationship. And God spoke to them as he walked with them face to face. Imagine right now, God speaking and walking and talking with you on a daily basis. Now, 
Not only did he speak with them and walk with them, but if we look through the Bible, God spoke to and through different people in the Bible. There in the Garden of Eden, sin enters. Satan is using the same tactics today he did with Eve and with, with Adam. Does God really mean for you to be happy or have this? And does he mean for you not to be able to see your full potential? Does he not know that, that uh, you need to have control over your body? Does he really mean that you can't do this if you really want to? That's ridiculous. And he's using that same tactic today that he used from the very beginning of time. It's not different. We may think it is. There's new rounding out of the words and this kind of stuff. But it's the same thing he's doing today as he did back in the Garden of Eden. Now, he spoke through different people, different times, different ways, the writer tells us. Sin enters the world and shatters that perfect relationship to God. And he no longer talks directly with each person. When sin came, it shattered the cosmos like anything else. There was a time in the Garden of Eden when you could have looked to the stars. You could have seen them line up and they would have related to us here on earth. But sin fractured all of that, and so all of that's no longer valid, per se. But is it no wonder that when Jesus came, a little bit of heaven came down, and those wise men saw his star lined up, telling them who he was, where he would be, and how they could find him. But those are the only times when things have lined up like they did. So God had to choose a new way, and he did. He already had a plan of how to speak with us. He talks to the head of a chosen family, Abraham. And he begins to share with him there as he presents the sacrifice and tells him that all of his generation, the number of children he will have, and they will rule the world. He begins to share with him as he talks with this individual, but then he moved to Abraham. And then he chose a nation from him and speaks through the chosen people with Moses. And he gave the law up on the mount. And then we have judges, kings and priests, prophets, all hearing from God in different ways and different uh, ideas and things. But still God moving them to help them to know what his plan is. And then to be able to execute that plan and share it with others in their daily walk. Then came the kings and priests and prophets. The senses of man, marvelous as they are, are unable to move beyond the natural world. I can't do it. You can't either. For, no, for us to know anything about God, he must tell us. We could never talk to God. We could never understand him if he did not speak to us. Thus, in the Old Testament times, the writer reminds us that God spoke through different ways, different means, different people to men. Sometimes it was in a vision. Sometimes it was by a parable. Sometimes through a type or a symbol. 
There were many different ways in which God spoke in the Old Testament. But it always was God speaking. Even the words spoken by men and angels were included because he wants us to know them and understand how he uses each and every one of us. Yet, as beautiful and important and authoritative as it is, the Old Testament is fragmentary and it's incomplete. It was delivered over the course of some 1,500 years by some 40-plus writers in many different pieces, each with its own truths. And if you really study the Old Testament, you begin to see that the, the understanding of God began to grow as he shared in different ways with different people in different places an understanding of who he is, who he was, what his intentions were, what he wanted to do in and through the nation of Israel, and how he wanted to accomplish. Leading to that time, and they caught a glimpse of it, and we can see it through different passages, of the one to come who would fulfill everything that they had heard about. But there was a time the children of Israel stopped listening. They stopped following. They began to depend upon their own ways, their own ideas, and what they thought was best, just like Satan in the Garden of Eden. He began to convince men and women, boys and girls, that there had to be a better way than God. So God stopped speaking. 400 years 400 years, there was no word from God. He did not speak. He did not move. He did not say anything. It was dark. But do you think the people did not think they were hearing from God? Oh, there were all kinds of people everywhere who were beginning to talk about what God said and what he didn't say. I want to look at Jeremiah 6.10. To whom shall I speak? And give warning that they may hear. Behold, their eyes, their ears are closed and they cannot listen. Behold, the word of the Lord has become a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. There came a time when even though there were prophets, there were priests, there were those who seemed to say they spoke for God, but they really didn't because the ears of the people stopped. And so God stopped. In the 23rd chapter of Jeremiah, verses 16 and 70, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, The Lord has said, you will have peace. And for everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his own heart, they say, calamity will not come upon you. That's what they were hearing. God was not speaking. Men were speaking and trying to say all kinds of stuff. Then down in verses 21, 22. I did not send these prophets, these ones that were telling you'll have peace, everything will be okay, just do this, just do that, you're all right. I did not send these prophets, but they ran. I did not speak to them, but they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, this is God, but if they had stood in my counsel, they would have announced my words 
to my people when I've turned them back from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. I think we have another. Oh, that's it. Okay. Then 23, verse 36. For you will no longer remember the pronouncement of the Lord. Wouldn't that be terrible? Because every person's own word will become the pronouncement. And you have perverted the words of the living God, the Lord of armies, our God. 400 years, men began to act like they were speaking for God. Saying what God wanted, they said. But it was only what they thought. What they believed. They never heard a word from God. And then he speaks today. Now I want you to know. Today, people are listening to God in the Old Testament way. People are still waiting for some prophet, some priest, somebody to come and to say, thus saith the Lord, here's a new word from God. And we get that all the time in our society. Those who seem to say, this is what God is saying. But it doesn't line up with the word. It doesn't line up with God, what God has already said. It doesn't line up with what he's doing, what he wants to accomplish. It's what they want. Now, I recently learned that we have been led through the, by the nose as Christians through this pandemic. It just breaks my heart. Now, we have listened as leaders who have met in Switzerland with all of the rich billionaires who planned all of this and got a commitment from them that they would tell us to follow what the government says. And that's why everywhere around the country you said, love your neighbor, wear a mask on church signs. Love your neighbor, take a shot, get a shot. That was all pre-programmed people. That wasn't from God. That was man telling men what to do because they wanted control. That's what's happened today. That's what happened in those 400 years when God was silent. God wasn't speaking. He wasn't telling his church what to do. Those churches that held out, and I'm not speaking against anyone. Pastors across this country were under such pressure as never before. As people within the congregation and people without, pressuring what to do, when to do it. I don't, I'm not saying we didn't have a pandemic. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying a lot of what we did was because we looked to some leaders. And if I were to mention their names, some of them within our own convention who met and were part of that and listened and began to talk and direct and tell us what to do and what we shouldn't. He still speaks through our pastors. He still tells them what God says about how our lives. I am so thankful. We have a pastor that wants to preach the word. He wants to share what God says. And he stands behind it and he lives it. And he follows it. It's not what he says, it's what God says. And I'm so proud of that. I'm so glad that God lived lived led every one of us 
to be part of this fellowship at this hour, at this time in the history of mankind. But not only does God still use our pastors, but he speaks individually about what we are to do as individuals. And if we're not listening and we don't hear, we're going to miss out on what God wants for us and how we're to do things together and how as individuals we are to meet and mix with each other to accomplish God's will. There are some people in this church that are doing a great job. You've got ministries. But I think, unfortunately, you're doing it on your own. God never intended that. He intended us to be part of each other in each ministry. And as we use our gifts and abilities and talents, we all cause that ministry to flourish. Now, not everyone will be part of every ministry. But we all ought to be part of some ministry somewhere at some time. Doing what God wants because he's spoken to us in the inner man. He's taught us. He's led us and directed us. Now, I want you to know, I do not speak heaven. In fact, we cannot speak to him. But God made a way for this to happen. We're not good enough yet to come face to face with a living God. We don't have the, the ability to converse the way God does in heaven. But he made a way. I, I don't know how to pray. But he said how? Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. Do you admit that? I do. I don't. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. My job is just to start talking and listening. The Holy Spirit knows my heart. And if my words are in conjunction with my heart, the Holy Spirit takes that to the throne and shares that with the Father. And then comes back with the word from God to us. I don't know how to do that. But God said, I want to hear from you. You're not capable. You will not be until I come again and take you home. I don't care how big and important you think you are. You can't do it. But I make a way and I'll gladly do that for you through my spirit. According to the will of God. Now, I want you to know, I do not hear him as much as I need to. I want to hear him more than I do. I want you to leave you with some steps about hearing from God. The first thing, you cannot hear from God if you do not have a relationship with him. It's impossible. You can't do. John 5, 37 and 38. And the Father who sent me, Jesus is talking to those who were neglecting him, didn't want to hear him. The Father sent me, sent, who sent me, he has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. 
That's just a fact, guys. You do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he sent. You can't have that relationship if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've not accepted him, you've not surrendered your life totally, completely to him, you've not asked him in, asked him to forgive you, surrendered and allowed him to lead. That's the only way we're going to have ability to talk to God in heaven. First, with Jesus Christ. Then we have to push everything aside and take time to listen. Listening's hard. I'd rather talk. I don't know about you. I got a lot of gab. I can say a lot of things in a long time. <laughs> but I need to listen more. We have to hear to where we're sure inside of here what he's saying. Be ready at any instant to hear him speak. Now, he doesn't always come on our timetable. He doesn't always say the things we want to hear. He speaks to us often in all kinds of situations, driving down the road in church, in your classes, in, in, in your work. The still, small voice that brings remembrance to you things that are in the Bible, things that God has said, and things he wants you to do. He's, be willing. Be willing to do what he says and not what we want to hear him say. The first thing we do, though, is he will speak to that area he wants us to take action. If there's any sin in our lives, any doubt, any fear, He'll speak to that first. He wants to get all that out of the way, out of to the side, so that there'll be a clear channel for the Holy Spirit to work between us and Him. Now, God speaks to us, speaks to us in different ways. He speaks to that still small voice inside our hearts. Can't explain it, don't understand it, but it's real. He speaks through His Word. This shall never end, never be done away with until Jesus comes again. He speaks through a sense of peace. Now, I want you to know that there have been times that God has impressed me with things, that I felt like family or church or friends should not do something because there was some kind of impending doom or something that was ahead. You can never, ever explain what did not happen. Think of that. If someone would have been hurt if they had done something and you warned them and they did not and they were not hurt, how do you prove that? How did you say that accident was going to happen or that thing was going to go about? All you have will be your peace inside your heart that you were faithful to God. Don't push the peace away when he comes. When you struggle with a decision, you just struggle with something that's happening in your life, in your family. When you're struggling with that and all of a sudden you believe this is what God wants and you do it and that peace of God overwhelms you. Thank God for that. That may be all you have until Jesus comes again and the books are open 
and we begin to see all things. But not only does he speak inside of us, speak through the word, through a sense of peace, but through open and closed doors. It's amazing when we're truly on our knees praying for God to give us answers to some life-changing event. I wonder how many Christians spend time on their knees in prayer before they change jobs. Or does this may pay more money? This looks good. It looks like what we want. And so we go for it. God may want us to be over here instead of over here because he's got something for us to do that we will not know until we get there. Open and close doors. So we pray, God, close the door if you don't want me there. Open it if you do. And then he speaks through other people. It's amazing what God could say through offhand comments of other Christians. Not even realizing the Holy Spirit is leading them to speak a word into your life and into your heart. Psalm 32, verses 8 through 10. God is speaking to David. And I want you to hear what he says. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall surround him. You want to know how that loving kindness comes to us? Right here. Through the people of God. We don't live it alone, guys. We don't walk it alone. And if we're not part of a body, we're not part of God's church, we're not doing what God leads us to do, his loving kindness will be lost. It comes from those around us. And we need to be loving kindness, show loving kindness to each other. Some things are going to happen in the next few weeks. God has led our pastors to move in a, different, in a certain direction. I'm so excited to hear. The last two months as we've been kind of communicating together and sharing together, I just get bubbly over what I think God is about to do in our midst. Our pastor's going to come next week and start, and he's going to start teaching and sharing with us what God has laid upon his heart for us in the days that are ahead. And then we're going to go into some time of, of classes and learning where he's going to preach in the morning and we're going to teach at night about what God has for us in store. How we can know how we fit in to what God's about to do in our midst and in our world. How we can be a part of it. Now I want you to know it can be scary. I want you to know it's, it's something we may not have been involved in. In our churches in the last almost 60 years that I've been part of them. Churches after one after another have taught about the gifts of the spirit. But that's all it's been. We've just said here's what this gift is. Here's what it means. You know, go thou and prosper, I guess. 
but we've never done anything that actually helps us to apply it. Know how we fit together with each other, how we work. I anticipate that God's going to do some incredible things when we follow through. So the invitation is going to be simply this, folks. Number one, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're missing out. You do not have any peace. You do not have real joy. You may have some happiness. That's true for all mankind, but you'll not have true joy, real excitement. You'll not have the peace that overcomes everything. You'll not know how you really fit in unless you're part of what God's doing. So I'm going to ask you when we have our invitation to come, and I'm going to ask you to take these that are going to be down here and take them and say, I want, to, I want to be a Christian. I want to know about Jesus. They'll be glad to help you. They'll be glad to share with you how to become a Christian. Maybe you've kind of been sliding along as a Christian. You've been doing your own thing. You've been faithful in church. But you're really not totally sold out. You're, you're good to do your own thing, but you're not really sold out to be a part of what else is happening. And see how God wants you to help other people and find joy in that and them helping you and them finding joy in you joy. How we all fit together. I'm going to ask you if you would come. We're going to have several guys down front. And I want you to come and I want you just to take their hand very simply and say, I'm with you. I'll be committed. I'll be faithful. And here's what I'm asking you to commit to. For the next eight weeks, couple couple months, Sunday morning and Sunday night, I'm going to ask you if you would commit to God to be here. I'm not asking you to commit to anything beyond that. Whatever God does in your heart and life, he does in your heart and life through this time. But I want you to at least be exposed. Young people, there's going to be a class for you. Uh, adults, there's going to be classes for you to be able to do that. And so in these next few weeks as our pastor comes and he begins to share the vision God has given us and how he believes that God is leading us to fulfill and accomplish that, I want you to say, I'm in. You may have plans. I understand that. But I'm going to ask you if you'd be willing for just six, eight weeks when we start to put them aside and be faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, you'll be here. You may not be used to coming Sunday night to the classes. I'm going to ask you if you will. Because God's going to do something tremendous. I want you to be part of it. But it has to be your decision. has to be your will. And so I'm going to ask you just to step out, come down, take one of their hands and say, I'm in. I'm committed. I'll be here. Whatever the Lord leads you to say. And if there's something else you need, that you'll speak that to them as well. They'll be glad to help you with it. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes this morning. Heavenly Father, this is your time. Holy Spirit, you're here with us today. We know you are because you promised us where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst. Lord, we don't know what you're up to, but I want to get in on it. 
I just know that when we do what you lead us to do, things are going to get exciting. Love is going to pour out power beyond our imagination in our own lives is going to surge because we cannot do what you want us to do alone aside from the power of your spirit. And so, Lord, we want you to empower us. We want you to lead us. We want to demonstrate the fruit of the spirit as well as the gifts of the spirit. We want to accomplish your will. So touch each life, Holy Spirit, here today. Help each one to make the decision you want them to make. And bless us as we follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. You come.